Well, let's get started. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Happy Sunday. I hope you are well uh, with all this weather. I hope you're staying dry and warm. It is a wet one out there. Um, this Sunday is it's going to be a good day. I, I don't know um, all that the week has brought you, but this week has been filled with a lot of ups and downs, highs and lows. Uh, a lot of hard conversations, a lot of good conversations, uh, but thankful for them all. So let's kick off with a word of prayer, shall we? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Uh, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for um, your presence and your nearness, that you come to us in our times of troubles, you come to us in our times of need. Um, Father, today I ask that you pour out your Spirit upon us, that we will know that you are good, that we will trust in you, that we will put aside all the troubles of this world and, and fix our gaze upon you, that we will honor you with our lips and our actions and our attitudes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So last week, unfortunately, we weren't able to join because of some technical difficulties, but uh, I still want to do... This message and it comes from First Peter chapter four, First Peter chapter four, uh, and I'm going to read verses seven, eight, nine, and ten. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and it reads as such: The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded, for the sake of your prayers. Above all. Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And I love, I absolutely fell in love with these uh, four verses um, over the last couple weeks. Uh, I, I know that uh, many of you have been either watching the news or listening to the news or reading the newspaper, and we are all aware uh, of what's going on. Uh, we we came, while we still are in this COVID-19 pandemic where um, uh, it hurts that we can't be physically together, um, you know, to gather as believers, to sing, to listen, to pray. Uh, it is it is hard that now that with all the tension and all the stress and all the, the, the um, compacted emotions that we now all of a sudden have erupted into this um, exposure of racial tension. Um, you know, the, the death of George Floyd uh, amongst other African Americans in the last several months have has just erupted to the surface. There, there's no shying away from it. There's no way we can sweep it behind us, and we should definitely not dismiss it. Um, but this is my heart, and, and I think why um, why these verses matter so much is because in the last last few weeks, one of the things that I've 
uh, been asked is, how do I respond? As a Christian, what should I do? As a Christian, how, where, where should my heart go? As a Christian, how, how, should, I, how should I live and respond? And, and, I, and I truly believe that each person does have to um, personally decide between he and God how they're going to respond. Uh, many of you know my wife's a, a licensed clinical social worker. She's been a social worker for many years. She's got her master's degree. She has her bachelor's degree. She's served the community from adolescents to adults to people with disabilities to families. Uh, she's served in different roles. And, 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 I, and I, by and large, I would consider my wife an advocate. I, she is a person with... Um, I don't want to make it as, as as narrow as a personal plight, but within her heart, she truly believes in making a change and making a difference. And, and I think sometimes we get caught up in, in a slurry of words, and I feel that um, the media, whether it be social media like Facebook or things like a printed press or, or news station, is they are constantly expelling information. And some information changes hour by hour or day by day. And, and what was true earlier is not necessarily true anymore. I, I think we've, we've seen that all to be true with COVID-19, that things that they told us at the beginning didn't appear not to be as, as true at the end, but maybe some new things have come out and things have changed. And, and the, the reality is this, is in our world, we have troubles. Uh, it is uh, the the issue of race is not new. Uh, it is goes back hundreds and thousands of years. Um, you know, even to uh, you know looking at the Bible and Jewish culture. Um, my wife and I we've been watching this awesome series called The Chosen, and it's a story of Jesus, but it's told from a different perspective. It's not solely following Jesus every scene, but it. It embraces the life of Nicodemus and Mary Magdalene and Simon Peter and Andrew and, and other Bible characters and who they were and how they lived their lives. And and they 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 come to the scene of the woman at the well. And, and, and some of us might be familiar with it and others may not, and that's okay. Uh, but in John chapter 4, it, it's a very beautiful story of Jesus showing compassion on someone who was not just unclean, but truly outside of Israel, right? We, we know earlier before he, on his way to Samaria, he, he comes across a leper and, and lepers were, um, we don't see much leprosy here anymore in the United States. Um, there's probably a few leper colonies in, in places like uh, India and in other s- small villages, but leprosy as a whole has been treated. Uh, they, it's been suppressed. It's not something we face much anymore, uh, but but leprosy was, according to the Old Testament, was a, a disease and a punishment that would exclude you from temple worship. So you could be Jewish, which would you be allowed to, and you could keep everything else of the law, but if you were unclean, you were unfit for temple worship. But the Samaritans were a different group of people. Um, the story behind them is a little muddy, but shortly around about the time, Samaria, always, the land of Samaria always existed. It was the land of Canaan, the Hittites, the Amorites. Uh, there, was, there was a population that lived there, but 
after the Israelites went off into captivity uh, into Babylon and came back, that some Jews who had stayed actually because of the lack of population in Israel intermarried with the Samaritans and uh, they had their own temple. They worshipped the Lord, but their their religion was blended. They they adopted uh, idol worship and things like that. So, as as Israel reestablished itself as a nation after coming back from Babylonian captivity, there was a hard line. There was a hard wall between the Jewish people of Israel and Judah and the Samaritans. And you, if you were Jewish, you avoided going to Samaria at all costs. Um, you know, it, 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 to the best I have of, of modern terms, if you will, uh, you know, it'd be like two different sides of the railroad tracks, um, that there's two different groups of people, one who live on this side and one who live on the other one lives on this side of the river and someone else lives on this other side. And Jesus crosses a boundary. So not only as a teacher of the law, considered a rabbi by many, even to myself, but there there would be very little that that man would do one with a Samaritan, no less a Samaritan woman. And if they knew who she was, which she did, it would be even harder for her or him to engage with this woman. But Jesus crossed that line to love on someone who was different from her, who was an outcast according to not only the Jewish society, but the Samaritan society because she had been married five times and was currently living with a man who was not her husband. So so all the stigma and all the the social pressures were on her to be out. But Jesus showed love. Jesus showed hospitality. Jesus used his gifts. And, and that's where coming back to first Peter chapter four, we, we look at the parts. So Peter says in verse eight, above all you know, the, the foremost, the, the thing that should be in the front of our minds as we live out our, our Christian life should be this. Keep loving one another. The one thing that we should do above all else is to keep loving one another. Now, he uses this word earnestly. Earnestness is with a sincerity of heart. Um, I think we've laughed about this before, but I love my wife, right? I, I love my wife. I love my children, but I also like, uh, lasagna and I love tacos. Now we can laugh that if I love lasagna and tacos, like I love my wife, I would be in the wrong. I sheer clearly love my wife and my children more and definitely more earnestly than I do my love for tacos and lasagna. I, I would not stop traffic for a plate of lasagna in the road. But if my child or my wife or a friend of mine was in the road stuck in traffic, I would go and, and do something earnestly to protect them. You see the difference there of the, of the idea of love is that we we have to just not only keep loving but love earnestly for a reason. And the reason is that love covers a multitude of sin. And that immediately points us to Christ to know that Christ died on the cross for our sins because he loved us. 
For God so loved the whole world that whomever believes in him shall not perish. It, it is love, uh, of the love of God that led Christ to the cross for our on our behalf. And that's why we celebrate the Lord's sake. This is why we study the scriptures. This is why we gather together, even though it's electronic. This is why we worship and sing because of the love that Christ had for us. And we return that love in earnestly towards him and towards others. The, the second verse then goes into, says, show hospitality. I, I've, I've fallen in love with this word over the last uh, couple weeks. Um, there's another word that you might be familiar with. It's uh, xenophobia, right? Xenophobia, as you may know, is the fear of stranger or prejudice against people who are different from you. Very similar to racism, but it's it's a much more broad word. It, it has a lot to do with prejudice. It has to do with fear. It has to do with stigmas. But when you come across someone who is different from you, you uh, put up a, a guard. You put up a defense. And so uh, xenophobia is is just a word that we that's common in our uh, vernacular today of a fear of someone different from us. But what I love about this word hospitality is its origins. See, its origin is from a Greek word called phileo xenos. So phileo, P-H-I-L-O, is the same root word for uh, something very familiar to all of us, Philadelphia. Right? Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Philo, being brother, or brotherly love. Delphia, being city. And so Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. And so hospitality in Greek is phileo, xenos, which is the love of strangers. So hospitality is something that we actually, an, an action towards people who are different from us. You know, and I think in this season, this is why this verse right here, these few words are so important. It says, show love to strangers to one another without grumbling. It, it is not just good enough that we show love to one another who are like each other, like our brothers or sisters or our roommates or whatever, but people who are different from us. There's a great need for us to consider others first. This is all throughout the Bible. This is not a new commandment. This is not a new idea. And I'm definitely Try not to put a new spin on it when it comes to what we're seeing in the news today because this is part of the Christian life. And this is the things that we can simply do. It was, as I, as I said before, people are asking me, how do I, how do I respond? Well, showing hospitality, hospitality would be a great way to show love in this season. To a great way to an action step that you can do, and I know you can't have visitors, and that's very difficult. It's it's difficult for me, but I think as you go about your day, as you meet the nurse or a CNA or the doctor, activities or somebody who comes by, that even if you don't know them, that you can show them hospitality. It could be as simple as a hello, how are you doing? Uh, I, I hope you're well today. I'm praying for you. That there's plenty that we can do to show uh, earnest welcome and love towards others, and and, uh, and thus and it is with the right attitude. Um, 
we can do a lot of things because we have to. It's like, you know, trying to get my son to brush his teeth or wear deodorant. It's just he does it with an attitude because I tell him. And it would be make my heart so much happier if he was just willing to brush his teeth. Uh, it, it would be so much easier if he said, yes, Dad, this is what I'm going to do without grumbling or complaining. But when someone does something and goes that, that you know, rolling of the eyes and throwing back of the head and, the, oh, okay, you know, that, that kind of um, presentation, you just know that they're going to do it. They're going to do it, but the heart's not in it. And I think that's what Peter is challenging us. He's challenging the church there. He's challenging us today is that as we show hospitality, don't do it just because Pastor Josh said so. Don't do it just because it's going to get you attention. Do it because Jesus is watching. And it's truly what Jesus would do. And then it takes us into verse 10 and 11, which are connected. And it says, as each has received a gift. This is specific to spiritual gifts. Uh, it's not an exclusive list of spiritual gifts. Um, if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 or even Romans chapter 12, you can see a much longer list of spiritual gifts. But, but this is to the point that, that God has given us a gift, that God has given us a responsibility. He has given us a chance to serve, and that's what we're called to do. That as we have received a gift, that we are to use it to serve one another. We're not used, called to serve it with our own interests or to serve it for our own, our own gain, but that we truly and earnestly do our best to serve with our whole heart. That, that we can, in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, amidst the, the racist, racism tensions that we have, Amongst whatever comes next, because now we're in hurricane season, uh, you know, it's been raining for days because of it, and, and, and soon we're going to come into the election season, which always seems to bring in um, tension, and who knows what comes next. There will always be something extra, something next that's going to come that could bring that tension or divisiveness, and so my plea to you, my encouragement to you, is that we continue to act earnestly in love, that we show hospitality, and we exercise our gifts, drawing us all together closer to Jesus for this reason, right? Verse 11, he says that those who ever speak, speak oracles of God, and those who are called to serve, that they serve basically with their hands, that's what he's saying, because both are strengthened by God. And so if you feel that you don't have the ability or you don't have the strength or you don't have the time or you don't even know the direction that we can rely on God for it, that God will supply what we need so that in order that with the outcome, desired outcome to be that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So that all that we do, that people see Jesus in us. I heard it said earlier today. You might be the only Bible someone ever gets to read. You are the only Bible that someone gets to read. So the way you live your life, the way you present yourself, the way you carry yourself might have a lot. People see that. People are watching. People are asking questions. So my encouragement to you is to be the Jesus that people need to see. Earnest in love, showing hospitality, using your gifts, 
Continue to pray for people. That's the strongest gift that we have is the greatest exercise I think we have right now is to pray. Pray for Baltimore Lopez. Pray for the safety and well-being of the residents and the staff. Pray for your families that you don't get to see. Pray for your friends. Pray for our, our community and our state and our nation. And, and you can do this. It, it is in your wheelhouse. It is in your ability to pray and pray earnestly that God is glorified. And this is something that I think we just have to keep coming back to. These four verses, these few words that, that mean so much because it is the root, it is the heart, it is the foundation, it is the, the main how-to of our Christian life that we can look to Jesus, that we can do something about it. You know, I encourage you to show hospitality this week to your neighbors, maybe even a person in the bed next to you, that you can just show an extra ounce of kindness. That that through that love, that if there's a need for an apology or because of an offense, maybe it's to the, a staff member. Maybe between staff members, there's a need to apologize and make uh, restitution because that love will will just help us be strong and courageous to get through the season and to get through the season that's coming. And, and I'm just so encouraged by these words. I'm glad I got to share them with you. I, I do do miss you. Uh, I miss you all very much. Um, so let's pray as we close. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we give you thanks and praise for today. Lord, we just let our hearts be open to you. Lord, we pray for all the residents at Baltimore Lopez, Lord, that you be with them. Lord, that their hearts will be warmed by your nearness and your presence. Lord, for all the uh, facilities and staff personnel, Lord, that they um, put themselves um, second. Lord, that they put others first and that they serve and give with compassion and kindness that you fill them up and give them strength. Renew their spirits, renew their hearts. Lord, for I know that they have lives outside these walls, but I, I just know that right now they have to focus on what's ahead and what's now. And I just pray a blessing over them. I pray that you uh, just show your compassion upon them, that they will be blessed. And Lord, we just pray for all the families and friends who are connected to Baltimore, Lord, that we, while we are far apart, we just pray that we can continue to be earnest in our love for one another. Lord, we just pray for our nation and our communities. Lord, that you continue to rise up, raise up people who can make a difference and to be the difference. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.